most intense, thrilling, electrifying sport on the planet. Mixed Martial Arts. You've been looking for the definitive podcast to call your new home to hear everything about it. The search is over. This is the MMA Knowledge Show. No filter. Bringing you the hottest MMA breakdowns straight from the heart of the octagon. This show is all about MMA breakdowns for fans by fans. We're talking UFC, MMA, and the occasional big boxing match. We'll bring our unique take on how these fights are going to play out and who we think are the best bets. Welcome to the MMA Anomaly Show. No filter. And now your hosts, Olin, a.k.a. MMA Anomaly, and Emiliano, a.k.a. Jive Turkey Nano. What is up, folks? How are we doing? Another beautiful day in paradise here. You heard the man. I'm your host, Olin, a.k.a. MMA Anomaly. With me, as always, is the co-host with the most, Jive Turkey Nano. How are we doing, brother? Let's go. Doing great on this Wednesday evening here. Uh, man, we went to Costco today. So excited to see the parents and family this week. Got the brothers coming in. It's uh, got a full house, baby. Good vibes. Nothing but good vibes today, brother. Great to see you. Absolutely love Good it. to see you, man. It's uh, on a little deja vu. Like I just seen you on. It was at uh, yesterday. Been a jam-packed 24, 48 hours of just pure MMA, brother. I love it. Ooh, like Joe Rogan said, I love it. I love, love it. it. I love <laughs> it. Love it. Um, yes, sir. Yeah, man. I'm. I love it as well. I'm so 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 stoked to be doing this episode. Um, it's the first fight card of the year, folks. So Ooh-wee. I'm excited about it. Um, it's Ankalaya versus Walker two. Again, it's a fairly stacked card in my opinion. I mean, oh yeah, is it pay per view worthy? Not necessarily, but we've got Jim Miller on the card. We got Manel Cop versus Mateos Nicolau on the card. Uh, again, we're going to go through a lot of these fights. Um, Nano, on the prelims, what's the uh, what's the first fight you want to go ahead and start off with here? I'll let you take man, the lead here today, my brother, my brother. Great to see you, man. It's uh, like you said, it's it's a great week, man. It's I'm excited to jump back into things here. I feel like. We uh, don't have any more cannons to pop off. We did all that last week for the award show. Go check it out if you haven't yet. Uh, if you're here for the first time, thanks for stopping by. Like you mentioned, brother, we're here to break down some fights, man. It's an awesome card. And you know, my my uh, feeling here is it's it's some the showcasing of some young bucks. You know, it's the first of the new year. You got to show the new the new cars, right? Get the new the new. Uh, the new model, the new make out there. Get them on the front of the lot. So you get you start yourselves there. And then you got the old used cars in the back of the lot, which is still good. They're still good now. Okay. A few extra miles, but they're good. Okay. And you got a couple of those fighters on this card as well. Uh, and we'll uh, be diving into that. The analogy will make sense later on, but we got to start at the bottom. We got to start at the bottom till we get here. Right. As Drake once said, always started from the bottom. And, um, that's a big one, right? We already kind of talked about it yesterday, man. I mean, we had um, uh, one of our colleagues here in the industry, one of our fellow MMA community members, has a big bet on this fight. I'm talking about Joshua Van, ladies and gentlemen, versus Felipe Bun- Bunez, Buniz. I, uh, that's Bunez, a tough one. Yeah. Bunes. Uh, I, think I think it's Bun. Uh, it's that is a, that is a tough one to say. I think it's uh, Bunez. 
or Bunez? Bunez. Bunez sounds good. Any yeah. of those up the above. What's yeah, his nickname? I think it's- he has uh, him on a two-leg parlay with Tom Nolan for 5000 bucks down. Ladies and gentlemen, stay That's tuned here. We'll be talking talk. about them shortly. Yeah, big talk, man. Got to put your money where your mouth is. And hey, I'll tell you what. If, if I know one thing, it's I've seen a lot of great things from our boy Joshua Van. First off, howdy. Tico Tech here in the chat. Great to see you. Um, but yeah, Joshua Van, ladies and gentlemen, 22-year-old phenom. I don't know if that's too early to say, but the man did break a record last time he was out there in the octagon, okay? We're talking about Joshua Van, 22-9-1, five KOs, two subs on his belt, and again, set the record for most body shots landed in his division. Love that body shots. Who's doing that these days? The real ones are doing that. Say no. You rip the body and you work your way up to the top, baby. And that's exactly what he does, man. Really clean boxer. Uh, just a really fun fighter to go to watch and root for. And again, at 22 years old, dude fights like he's 32. Like he's in his prime, ready to go, explosive, technically sound, and just an absolute dog, right? And, and I appreciate that. Where my dog's at? Uh, he's taking this fight, stepping up to face a tough Felipe Bunez, like we mentioned here, 34 years old, 13 and six, two KOs to himself, but eight subs under his belt. So we do know, man, Josh is going to have to do the best he can to avoid that ground game. He's slippery when it, Felipe's slippery when it gets to the ground. Uh, but again, man, I feel like Josh was a great fighter, great boxer, very comfortable sitting in the pocket and being in a firefight if that's where the, uh, where it goes. I think I'm leaning with our boy on this one. I'm going to stick with Joshua Van here. Um, would love to see a finish, but I think he has a tough opponent in front of him. Probably need the full 15 minutes here. And again, you can't rush it. You can't make any mistakes. You can't overextend because this guy will grab a limb and he'll rip it off. So give me Joshua Van by decision in this one. What are your thoughts, brother? I absolutely love where your head's at. Uh, I think Joshua Van is the way to go. D-Baby Billionaire does not miss very often. Um, especially on these big parlays that he hits. So, I mean, he, he's throwing 5K down. I'm probably going to follow him and put four units down on that one just to start off the new year with a bang. Out of um, definitely want to go a little hard in the paint for that one. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, what, what is there to say about Joshua Van versus his his opponent, Felipe Bunez, that you didn't already say? Um, first and first things foremost, guys, or first and foremost, guys, first things first, let's give a round of applause to the jive turkey himself for those amazing stats i mean like the most body shots landed great job with the research brother um couldn't have said any of it better myself and uh so with that being said it's nine and one coming in against 13 and six uh the biggest thing here is age is really really on joshua van's side or is it um i'll be a firm believer or a firm person in telling you that Age 30 to 34 is typically fight prime, uh, at least in my experience, from what I've been able to see and witness in my time watching the sport. And the reason I say that is because your body has time to catch up with your mind, right? So your your body starts to decline as your brain starts to, to incline and go up. Um, they meet each other halfway, so to speak, right? That's why some fighters decide to stay and fight till they're like 43 years old, 44 years old. It's because they're so much smarter now that even though their body is on the decline, they're so much sharper up top that they're able to find new holes in people's games. They're able to work more technically into things. Um, now, all that long story about Felipe Bunez, and uh, I mean, I'll be the first to tell you, I don't know that how much he's 
kind of uh, grown in the last few fights is really going to pay off when it comes to this matchup against Joshua Van. Because Joshua Van is just an absolute stud. And again, standing across from him, sure, you know, he, he's got solid wins in LFA, but he just hasn't had a fight yet in the UFC. Uh, he had two, three fights actually scheduled. Um, and now one's finally going to come through because the, the last two were canceled. Now, do I think that he has a shot at this? Absolutely. Everybody has a puncher's chance. But as you stated, I truly think Joshua Van is just going to get him down and rip a limb off. Um, Joshua Van is the stronger guy, though he's not the longer guy. He is the stronger guy. He actually has a uh, five-inch reach, or sorry, four-inch reach disadvantage and a two-inch height disadvantage here. So you got to think uh, his opponent here in Felipe Bunez is probably going to be going for, for some wild stuff. He does have three KOs, which is the only scary thing about this proposition. And he has eight submission wins, but he also has two submission losses. Um, the fact that he's never been knocked out is probably the scariest thing. But Joshua Van is also just a, a real finisher. I mean, of his nine wins, seven of them are finishes. Um, two by way of submission, five by way of KO slash TKO. And the most recent ones... Um, I mean, even once he made it to the UFC, he's getting decision wins. The guy's undefeated in a very long time. Uh, so hasn't been beat since 2019, the first time he lost. And I mean, he's been on an absolute tear since then. I'm looking forward to this one. Um, he's got a win over Zalga Zumagulov, the long lost beetle, the guy, AKA repping the, the Patty Pimblet haircut these days. Freaking love that guy. Um, but he went out there and he, he he made it look pretty easy. I want to say like it was it was fairly dominant. I'm leaning Joshua Van on this. Like I said, probably going to follow D Baby's uh, parlay here, and that'll lead us right into the next fight, I believe. Yeah, or let's see, Tom Nolan. Sir Thomas and Sir Tom Nolan, Christopher's brother. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> how do you how do you see this one going, brother? Well, this is a fun one, right? I mean, hey, it again, is. another one that our boy has in that second leg of the big parlay with Joshua Van. He must select his young guns here. But uh, who is Tom Nolan, right? No, he is not Christopher Nolan's son or brother or any relation, at least that I know of. I could be wrong. That'd be kind of cool to find out later. Um, but I think he might be Corey Sanhagen's long lost brother. He's the Sandman 2.0 over here, ladies and gentlemen. This guy is a young gun, but he packs a big bang. Well-rounded striker. And let me just quickly pull up how freaking his statistics here. at uh, In the lightweight division, 155 pounders, ladies and gentlemen. This guy is 6'3". 6'3". His opponent is 5'9". Okay, looks like the basketball player going to prom with one of the cheerleaders. Okay. This is what it's going to look like out there. Ladies and gentlemen, that is a discrepancy. Okay. Well, again, this guy, Tom Nolan, who is he, right? 23 years old. Well, six and oh, four KOs. And his last one was a beauty on the Dana White contender series. Dude's a savage. He's a, uh, looks to be like a kickboxer to me with the way, way he's so fluid with all of his strikes, his spinning kicks, his variety, his ferocity, 
Dude's good, man. I, I really like what I'm seeing from from Tom Nolan here. I see why the big train is already a favorite, even though he's, again, just coming off the contender series and he's only 23 years old. That does not matter. If you're good, man, you're good. And I think that's what we're going to see here. I think we're going to see a, a good fighter display his skills against another tough fighter in Nicolas Mota, um, which that in Spanish means the green ganja. So that's kind of cool there. <laughs> uh, but again, Mota. Uh, 30 years old, 13 and 5, 9 KOs. And unfortunately, he's really had some bad luck with some of his most recent bouts being canceled during COVID and over the last few years. So he just really has not been as active as you'd like to see as you get to that age. No one wants to spend your 20s, you know, canceled bouts, COVID, obviously, like I mentioned. But within the last three, four years, he's only managed to get one win under his belt. He has a loss to uh, tough Jim Miller, who is fine on this card. Not to knock Jim at, in any way here, but if a Jim Miller who's far, far sunsetting in his career can find a win against you, I'm confident this young, up-and-coming star and Tom Nolan will be able to find a win as well. Oh, sorry, sneeze attack. So I'm Let's going with Tom Nolan here. Thank you, brother. Try to get that off the mic, but I'm going to go with Tom Nolan here. I think he's a find a way to win. To keep the KO streak, I mean, his last four fights are KO victories. So, boy, oh boy, I mean, is he going to keep his streak going? I'd like to see it. I don't know if I, I might, maybe I'll put a uni where my money is, where my mouth is, but give me, uh, give me, give me Tom Sonolan. What are your thoughts, brother? Yeah, man, I like where your head's at on that one. Uh, and I'll completely ride your coattails. I think Tom Nolan gets it done. And, you you proposed the question right at the end of your spill there, which again, great job. Tip of the hat to you. Um, you said, do we think he'll continue the knockout streak? I think he absolutely will. And the reason why is, as you said, Nicholas Motez had some of the worst luck that someone can have in the division. I mean, Jim Miller, sheesh. Like that's that's the guy you get paired against after the contender series. That just seems really tough. That's a pretty damn tough draw that I got to say. So, yeah, um, I, I think I got to go with the big train here for multiple reasons. He's a knockout artist, right? Of his six wins. Yeah, that's right. The kid only has six wins, but he's got zero losses. He's undefeated. The big train does exactly what big trains do. They run you the fuck over if you stand on the tracks, folks. Um, and, and he's just an absolute beast, man. He'll maul you. Uh, he'll make you stall, so he'll mull you, he'll stall you, and, and then he'll creepy crawl you and beat you on the top. I think he does just that. Nicholas Mota has had, again, bad luck. He has five losses in his professional career. By the way, four of those by way of knockout or TKO. So, uh, the math, if the math maths, you guys, I, I feel like we're looking at a Tom Nolan knockout likely going to happen early here. Um, do I want to go for the under 1.5 at minus 298 when I can just take Tom Nolan money line at minus 345? Not a chance. I'm just going to do that. Uh, two pick parlay. We're sitting at minus 128. I'm going to drop four units on that one. I feel like that's probably easy money here. Um, yeah, I, I just I feel like that's probably pretty damn easy money. I like your odds. I like I like what you're saying, brother. I'm going to agree with that 100%, y'all. Chase that. Start the year off hot, y'all. Let's get in the positive. Let's start green. Let's stay green. And let's keep it going, baby. Rinse and repeat. Oh, Rinse and repeat. Baby. Um, 
Again, thanks, thanks, D Baby Billionaire, for giving us the line on that one. That was definitely a smart one. Uh, so moving down the line here, again, this is a pretty damn solid card, folks, and it's a free one. It is free ninety nine on ESPN. Uh, so I guess I guess with the the cost of admission for ESPN Plus, or um, as Khabib says, we have Russian link. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> send link. Maybe you have a Russian send location link. Send link. and send link as well. <laughs> send link, Russian link. Uh, <laughs> do you want to talk about these next uh, two fights, or do you want to skip to the Marcus McGee fight? I know you're high high as hell on that one. Ooh, I mean, honestly, yeah. Well, well, it's crazy with this this next one. Gene Silver is a minus eleven hundred favorite. I mean, yeah, maybe we don't need to spend much time on this, other than he's probably going to find a way to win with those kind of odds. That's craziness. It's uh, pretty damn wild odds. I was looking at that too, and that that's. <sighs> I don't I mean, know that's... if maybe they know something we don't know. I don't know if they know something that we don't know that they know. Or uh, if it's a trap or what, you know, if they're trying to get guys like us, it's like, hmm, that's a little too fishy. Feels, it kind of feels like a trap. Like this Weston Wilson guy, like I get it. He's a 500 fighter. He's 16 and eight, but he, he's not a scrub right like well the thing is he's 16 up and 16 down brother five ko's 11 subs that is a 100 finish ratio my guy they never needed the judges at all in his fights so what are they again what are they seeing i mean what's interesting to me i mean he is uh looking to bounce back after his his last loss um in his ufc debut but i guess maybe he's not getting a lot of uh credibility because a lot of those wins and those finishes came in the tough enough tough enough organization fighting organization tough enough tough enough i had to give it the emphasis so y'all know it's tough u t u f f n the letter uff uff tough enough it's pretty clever actually but so a lot of those wins are from tough enough maybe maybe the judges or maybe uh vegas doesn't think he's tough enough to beat this guy john silva because oh, that's crazy odds <laughs> not much else to say about that one though you know i mean honestly call me call me a bit crazy here um i think i might do a little side parlay one unit <laughs> and, just crazy. Throw, and just throw weston wilson on there because like that takes me from minus 100 and change to plus 1,331. Jeez. And then you're going to parlay that in there or that's just a solo? Yeah, or that's solo? that in there. Yeah. Weston Wilson, Tom Nolan, Joshua Van. I mean, yeah, I'm going to hit that parlay for sure. Hey, man. Because like I'm, I'm hitting both of those parlays. So I'm going to say best case scenario, they both hit. And then I'm up. Let's see here. I mean, if you just take d- double W's here by himself, I mean, you probably get some good odds. I mean, that's, absolutely. Uh, but I think these other two are guaranteed snaps. So that's true. Oh, I see what you you're saying. You know what I'm saying? I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm hitting saying. the Hail Mary. It's going to hit. Like, at least, like, the first two is going to hit. But mm-hmm. if Weston hits, he turns one unit into 14. Yeah, that's nutty. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. I'm going to sprinkle that in. For sure, that's happening. All right, that's like it, it, guys. Yeah, and, and then and let me let me tell you why. I have to. I can't just blindly place this. <laughs> I'm going to tell you why, folks. Do preface so it. Uh, yes, Gene Silva, uh, Jean Silva, 
is 27 years old. Weston Wilson is 34 years old. I know what you're thinking. Why are you betting on the old guy? I am an old guy. I like the old guys, but there's also reasoning behind it. Weston Wilson stands at six foot one inches tall, while his opponent stands at five six. And also his opponent carries a 69-inch reach. <laughs> 69. Uh, and Weston Wilson has a 73-inch reach, folks. So I mean, I don't know if you want to do the math, I can do it for you real quick. That's a four-inch reach deficit. And for Gene Silva, who has lost fights. He has never been knocked out. He has never been submitted. That's fine. His opponent has five KO wins and 11 submission wins. And I mean, he's a tough guy to put away. Like the last guy that actually beat him was fucking Joe Anderson Brito. That guy's a freaking beast. He's a monster on a, on a fight winning streak right now. Dude's a stud. He's an absolute stud. He is. He is going to be someone folks. So, I mean, again, with that being said, this is a fight to pay attention to unless Vegas really knows something that we don't know. And Weston has like some kind of fucking injury coming into this. I don't know, man. He He's he's a dog in this fight. Uh, and I, I, I mean, they're giving really, us no really reason. Like to, yeah, I was like, they're giving us no reason to bet with John Silva. It's like, get out of here. What are we doing? Throwing away money here. here. <laughs> yeah, so we'll chase that. I love it, brother. Yeah, we're, like we're all about one. the MMA anomaly, and that definitely betting wise is the one sticking out here. But <laughs> that's hilarious, man. And I know you mentioned just keeping a move in here. I mean, this next fight, the only thing I really had to say uh, about uh, Farid Basharad is hey, move over the Bone Fiend brothers. Welcome the Basharad brothers, man. Not only is Farid Basharad 26 years old and 11 and 0, but his brother Javid Basharad is 14 and 0, brother. One division lower. But equally as badass. Sheesh, these boys are messing, messing around, man. Love to see it. Um, so that was the one thing I just really wanted to say here. I'm going with him, obviously. The Bash Rap Boys. And for <laughs> it, I like what dude. I'm seeing. <laughs> um, but also, too, man, I mean, he, he's trained in there with, like, Cody Garbrandt. Um, he was training with Aldrin Sterling. He actually has a really cool YouTube vlog um, series he's been doing leading up for the fight. Would love to see more UFC fighters doing that as a, as a fan, love to see it, but also helps as we do our podcast, breaking it down you get to see a little bit more bird's eye view of what they're doing, how they look, how they operate. And when he's sitting there rubbing shoulders with Cody Garbrandt, Aljo, um, I like what I'm seeing and he's undefeated. I mean, it's like, there's a, no indications for me to, to think otherwise. Dude just seems like he's got it all. He might be the real deal. So Basharat, move over Bonfim brothers. You got a couple other brothers coming in here, man, stealing the show. So uh, remember that name, Farid Basharat. Great color added to that one. I appreciate the uh, the analysis there. And man, it's hard to disagree with anything you're saying there. Again, ferocious Farid Basharat fighting out of Afghanistan. Guy is an absolute beast, but he has no easy night ahead of him when it comes to facing Taylor Lapalus, who just looks like a brick shithouse. My goodness. Fighting out of France, he stands at only 5'6", but again, same weight class as Fareed Basharat, who stands at 5'8". Very different looking builds here. Very different fight styles here as well. Again, Fareed Basharat is uh, more of a decision machine or a submission machine, right? Undefeated, six submissions, four decisions, one KO slash uh, TKO, while his opponent, 
has nine decisions, six submissions, and four KOs. So he literally has more decor, more decor on his resume in every facet of fights going the distance or being finished. Um, the only difference is he also has three decision losses. So that gives a little bit of reason to lean further towards ferocious Farid Bajarat. Uh, reason being, he's a decision grindy kind of fighter. If Taylor is susceptible to the decision losses, this could be another guy that, that hands him one. So, I mean, it's still hard, though. This is one where the odds are a little bit closer. We got minus 270 and plus 220. If I'm being candid, I'm staying away from this one. I don't think it's a sure bet. I think that uh, Taylor Lopolis is a dog in this fight and has a lot of a lot of different ways he can win this fight. I think he actually could go out there and get it done via submission and shock the world. That would be shocking. Yeah, Farid Basharad, that seems to be his specialty. One KO, six subs under his belt. Might see some fun in the ground game. Maybe we need to get Mad Max in here. Let us know his thoughts after. Oh, yeah, I'd love that. We definitely got to ask Mad Max his thoughts on this fight. Um, I'd love to see what he thinks of both of these guys grappling because, again, Taylor Lopolis has six submissions as well. 32% of his wins come by way of submission. Uh, Ooh, the guy's yeah. a beast. Uh, and, and yeah, you like, can tango. I, I, he could definitely tango. You know what I'm saying? And does take two to tango. And, and the thing is like a lot of people are like, Oh, well this guy, you know, he's new to the UFC. So for Reed Basharat, he's, you know, he's going to have more of an opportunity to win because he has that UFC tenure. That's fine. But if you feel that way, I don't know, maybe look at uh Taylor Lopolis's fucking resume because he has wins over Nate Maness, Who's a UFC fighter. Uh, he has a win over Wilson Hayes. Who's a UFC fighter? I don't know. You might remember the name because he's fought fucking Mighty Mouse. This guy beat him. Yeah, Mighty Mouse, Mighty Mouse beat him too. But I'm telling you he fought Mighty Mouse because that implies and lets you know he fought his way to a title shot in the UFC flyweight division. And Taylor Lopolis has a win over him. A unanimous decision win. He grinded him out and made it look pretty fucking easy. So... I mean, come on, folks. This is another one of those where it's 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 very tempting. It's very, very tempting to just sprinkle a little bit on them, but I'm gonna hold off. I don't wanna I don't wanna spread ourselves too thin here early on. But again, he's a live dog in this fight, is Taylor Lopolis. Um, I don't think this is as one-sided as people think it is. And I, I, I think that this is going to be a really, really fun fight with a lot of really exciting scrambles on the uh, on the mat. I agree, brother. Can't wait to watch it. It's going to be a fun one, man. Well, with that being said, we are going to jump right into Marcus McGee coming in against Gaston Balanos. This is a really, really fun one. I know you're really high on Marcus McGee. And uh, damn it, so am I. I think he has a lot of steam behind him and honestly, a lot of talent behind him. I would, I'm just going to say my two cents and then let you jump in here. But I'll say this. I think Marcus McGee is somebody who, I mean, he's, he's a, he's a dog. Let's just call it as it is, right? He's 33 years of age. Doesn't have a ton of pro fights considering he's already 33 years of age, sitting at eight and one, nine pro fights. Um, very exciting fighter folks. He either wins or loses excitingly. 
He has one submission loss. That's his only loss. One submission win. Oh, but by the way, his other seven wins, they're all fucking knockouts. So definitely a fun fighter to watch. Definitely one that I think Dana White has to be excited about. Oh, and guys, this fight against Gaston Balanos was already scheduled to happen last year. So um, I think it was in July. Yeah, July 12th. And it just didn't come to fruition. So sometimes it happens. Uh, actually, no, August 12th. Sorry about that. Sometimes it happens. Didn't come to fruition, but that's okay. We're getting it finally. And uh, I think it's going to be a really, really fun fight. Now, jumping into Gaston Balanos, the dream killer. This guy this guy gets it done a lot, too. Uh, I, I, was, I was going crazy about Marcus McGee having seven knockout wins. This guy's got six of those. Um, he also has two submission losses and uh, one decision loss and a decision win as well. Now, it, when it comes to his fight tenure, he spent most of his career in Bellator, which we know that that can have some uh, somewhat poor matchmaking. You know, uh, his opponents that he that he fought are you know four and one, three and one, two and one, one and one, one and zero. Oh. Um, so again. Kind of inconsistent matchmaking there. Once he skipped over into the UFC, though, still getting it done. Got the decision win, grinded it out over Aaron Phillips. It was a unanimous decision, too. None of that split shit. Um, and I, I didn't think it was a robbery either. So able to get it done over other grindy opponents. His opponent and Aaron Phillips was six and three. So again, kind of a 500 fighter. Is he Marcus McGee, though? I think Marcus McGee might be able to come out here and just uh, notch it in, get it done. Um, I think this is going to be a really, really fun fight. Marcus McGee has to keep his hands up, has to be wary that Gaston, the dream killer, Bananos, does have knockout power as well. I think this is going to be one of those where we don't see a ton of shots for uh, takedowns, but we are going to see a, a ton of shots to the head. Uh, these guys are both going to come out there to take each other's face off, and I'm going to be here for it. You know we both love a little bit of skilled violence, and I think that's exactly what this fight entails. What are your thoughts, Nano? Sheesh. Couldn't agree more, brother. Great breakdown, great lead-in, and you're absolutely right, man. This one, I think he might steal the show, ladies and gentlemen. I know it's a prelim uh, fight. I know it's the first fight of the year. And I know these aren't necessarily household names, but ladies and gents, have no fear. The Maniac... And the Dream Killer, great names. Um, they're going to go in here, and like you said, man, are going to go and leave it all out there. I mean, majority of the time when they're both on the winning side, they're knocking out their opponent. I mean, that's, you know, good meets good. Someone's going to go down here like Rock'em Sock'em Robots, like Kenny <laughs> Foreign likes to, I might have coined there in his. Um, Rock'em Sock'em Robots out there. <laughs> Rock'em Sock'em Robots. <laughs> but yeah, ladies and gents, try to tune into this one. This is really going to be a lot of violence, like you mentioned, and high-level fighting at its best. Uh, I do feel like Gaston uh, Bolaños does uh, do a good job of mixing things up, really technically sound. However, the Maniac is equally as technically sound, but he's got that little extra junkyard dog in him. He's special, man. Um, and, and I think, you know, like you mentioned, being 33 years old, not necessarily having a lot of fights under his belt. He did just start his pro career over the last three years, um, bouncing around different organizations. Uh, now been in the UFC 
uh, for his last two fights, submission and a knockout to go there. Two finishes. You know, Dana White loves that. Um, fighting here in Arizona. So, you know, he's got a good crew around him. He's trained with Sugar Sean O'Malley, who happens to be the champ. I don't know if you heard of him. Um, same with Mario Batista as well. So, hey, iron sharpens iron. Love seeing that. And um, dude's grounded. I mean, and not that, again, he's Marcus Maniac McGee here. Uh, started his uh, pro career in 2020, but he actually started his amateur career all the way back in 2012. So we're talking about over a decade of mixed martial arts in, in a capacity, right? Yeah, it's amateur, but still, dude's been getting after it. Might have had a long break there in between, but, you know, life happens, things like that. But you got to love what you're seeing from him now. And again, I might be a little biased here, so I am going to ride with Marcus the Maniac McGee. But the logic and reasoning behind that is that equally as technically sound as his opponent, they're both going to go in and trade, you know, cautiously. Um, but I, I just think he has a little extra power behind him, a little extra ferocity behind his punches. And yeah, I just think he'll find a way. He's a little more explosive. You know, I think it's just sometimes it's just a matter of getting to the target first. And this is that little extra split second faster than most of his opponents. And then I think he will be against uh, Gaston as well on Saturday. Tune in, y'all. It's going to be a fun one for as long as it lasts. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think it's definitely going to be an explosive one. I think it's going to be, if I had to sum it up as a bottle rocket or as a, as a firework, I'd say it was a bottle rocket, right? It's, not, it's probably not going to last the longest out of any firework, but it's going to be exciting while it's there, you know? Yeah, it was bright and shiny um, when it was lasted. Yep, that's a good saying? one. It's sparkly. It's exciting. It captures, yeah. The noises it, catches, it yeah. makes are going to be captivating. Like, ooh, ah, wow. He did that. And then, uh, it's <laughs> over. That was good. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? So I, I would sum it up to a bottle rocket, folks. Um, man, tough act to follow, but we're going to continue. Moving into the next one, we got Matthew Semmelsberger, a.k.a. Semi the Jedi, coming in against Preston Pressure Parsons. What a great nickname on both ends of the spectrum here, folks. Facts. Um, I'm really excited about this one. Again, I'll do my tidbit first, and then I'll, I'll bounce it back to you. Semi the Jedi coming in a little bit older. It's 31 years of age against 28 years of age against Preston Pressure Parsons. Again, a little bit of a difference. Actually, almost the, yeah, the same exact amount of uh, difference almost here in height. 5'9 to 6'1 versus 28 to 31. I mean, very, very similar vibes here, folks. And the reach, obviously, if the height is that different, we're going to have a little bit of a reach discrepancy, too. We're looking at a four-inch reach advantage for Matt the Jedi Semi. And this one, if, if you're putting a gun to my head and saying who you got, I'm going against pressure, and I'm going with the Jedi, folks. I hey, am a Star Wars guy, so got to go for the Jedi, right? Shout out Star Wars. Uh, B, I like Matthew Semmelsberger. I think he's uh, game to win this fight. He, as you said about another fighter earlier, has been pretty damn unlucky. I mean, has wins over AJ Fletcher, Martin Sano, Jason Witt, Carlton Minus. But he's also been put against Alex Morono and Jeremiah Wells and Euros the Doctor Medic. So he lost those. But again, he also has a win over fucking Jake Matthews. Uh, the guy's a beast, guys. If he can get it done over Jake Matthews, I have almost no doubt in my mind that he's going to be able to get it done over Preston Pressure Parsons, who, again, is a beast. He's got that dog in him, has wins over Evan Elder in the UFC, and uh, that that's 
pretty much it. Lost to D-Rod, Daniel Rodriguez, and lost to Trevin five-star Giles. I mean, those aren't scrubs, right? That Those aren't terrible names to lose to. But, you know, you've only had one win in the UFC. They're putting you up against the fucking Jedi. I got to lean towards the Jedi on this one. I don't know if he's going to get it done via finish. He's not really the, the greatest finisher. Six wins by KO slash TKO. One win by submission. Four wins by decision. And more as of recent. He is kind of a grindy decision guy other than that win over Martin Sano, which was a really nice right cross down the center pipe. 15 fucking seconds in. Just so flush, dude. So absolutely nice. Absolutely beautiful, dude. Oh. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going Matthew Semmelsberger in this one. Uh, I've, I've got him on my final parlay as well. We'll go over that at the end of the show. Nice. Atta boy. I love that, brother. I love when we're simpatico like this. We're on the same page. We're clicking on all cylinders. I'm just going to add a little extra color here to the nice, beautiful canvas that you already painted for us. Uh, but yeah, I mean, what do I need to say here? Matthew uh, Semmelsberger is an absolute doubt, right? Uh, not only does he look like a tough son of a gun, but he's got that S on his shoulder. And I know you mentioned the Jedi. I like how you, you left out the semi part because I think that semi stands for semi truck. So that's how this guy hits you, man. It's tough as nails, pa- packs a powerful punch. Um, and, and it's going in to find a way to get you out of there. And I think that's what he's going to do. He's going to apply the pressure against his opponent, Pressure Parsons, um, because he's, he knows that, you know, he's he's the older fighter. He knows he's going to get the younger guy that is a bit more one dimensional. And what I mean by that is out of uh, Preston's 10 wins, nine of them are submissions. He's got he's got a, a clear path to victory. I don't want, I don't want to say it's his only path. Anything can happen. But he's got a real clear path. Right. There's a nice, smooth newly paved road right in front of him that he's always going to want to take more than likely probably going to stick on that path. But there's a boulder in the way there. And um, sometimes you just, you can't get over it. You can't get around it. Got to admit defeat. And I think that's, what's going to happen here. Matthew Smellsberger will find a way. Um, And not only because I think he's just a well-rounded fighter, although DraftKings does have this as just as close as a pick him as you can. It's minus minus one thirty in favor of Matthew Smellsberger, but man, Coming off of two losses, like you said, a little bit of bad luck there, but you want to talk about a hungry junkyard dog that's fighting with his back against the wall? That's a guy I'm a bet for and root for here this Saturday. Uh oh. I could I see some lips moving. Boom. The fucking elusive double mute. I'm telling you, man. Oh, man. It'll get you. It'll get you. (laughs) It'll get you. It'll get you. It'll get the best of us. Uh, But, you know, uh, what I was saying is we love a good Jedi. And, and, you know, we love to root for an old dog here. Um, It's, again, it's hard not to root for the Jedi. So we are going to go for that guy. Um, I have him on my final parlay. And uh, I think the the parlay is shaping up nicely so far. I think it's going to be a hitter, baby. Uh, so we'll go ahead and jump right into the next one. And the next one is the headliner of the preliminary card. It is it's a, it's a little bit of a sad one. A little bit of a sad one here. Um, yes, it is. I don't know if we need to cue up the music because it might. For, yeah, let's put out a yeah. shot. And uh, let, me, let me go ahead and switch the music here. Yeah, let me go ahead and switch the music here. For the funeral, the execution. <laughs> for the last walk. For uh, for a living legend. Someone that I grew up playing on the original UFC games. 
Oh, I grew yes. up as a fan watching him with the long hair, with the cool mouthpiece, with the spiky teeth. I have knocking I have fools that, out. I have the exact mouthpiece in my drawer. I mean, I think that might. I hope he patented that because I'm man. bringing it to fight week. Oh. Yeah. Don't worry, I have I have one for you too. Yes, we're set. We're gonna be wearing those in the cage. Let's go. Cheers, Cheers brother. Yeah, it's not looking good. And Vegas IBC agrees with us here. IBC cream soda. Ooh. This is the soda your grandpa has. IBC. I don't it's know. My grandpa good. drinks the other kind of beer sodas minus the soda. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love it. Yes, I love yes. it. It's fantastic. <laughs> so jumping back to the UFC talk here, guys. Andre Warlovsky here. Um He's an absolute stud. We got to see him. We actually got to meet him at International Fight Week. Just a tower of a human being. Um, his nose does the bendy thing that mine does. It's very wrecked. His is way worse than mine. It looked like a prosthetic. Um, oh yeah. So it, it's gonna be it's gonna be a rough night at the office for Waldo Cortez Acosta. He's no easy outing. He's ten and one. He's a gigantic heavyweight. He's number 21 ranked worldwide. Um, Salsa boy has five knockouts to his name. Um, Four decisions, one submission, has fought in the LFA, has fought in Bellator, has fought on a contender series, and now he's fighting in the UFC as of 2022. So the guy is uh, just an absolute beast. He's fought Chase Sherman. He beat Chase Sherman um, on short notice. Jared Vendetta, uh, he got into the UFC after a knockout in round one over Danilo Suzart. Great little barrage of punches. He did lose to Marcos Rogerio de Lima, which gives me hope that Andre the Pitbull Arlovsky will be able to get it done here. Um, Am I betting on him? I mean, maybe a shot. But I don't know if I'm betting money. My morality, maybe, but yeah. You know it's, uh... like, I'll be rooting for him for sure. And will I be betting against him? Not a chance, dude. Not at minus 750 on DraftKings. No shot, son. No. No, sir. Do I think Andre Arlovsky has no shot? No, dude. I think he definitely has a shot. He is 34 and 22. He has over 50 professional fights. He is the last of a dying breed of go-getters and just fucking hosses. Dude is a beast in every sense of the word. And, I mean, his nickname is literally the Pitbull. So, I I mean, I would be remiss if I didn't hit the dog bark for him. He, he, He doesn't have that dog in him. He is a dog. Okay? He is the dog. He is the junkyard dog. And... You know what happens when you leave some salsa out? The pit bull's going to eat it. Oh, I like that. I like so, that. You know what? Yeah. I think I am betting on the pit bull in this one. Going to be a little bit different. I, I reckon I am. <laughs> I reckon I am. <laughs> you feel lucky, punk? <laughs> Do you feel lucky? Do you? Punk? Do you? Punk? <laughs> well... This man, Andre Arlovsky, has been fighting in the UFC. When do you think his first fight in the UFC was? Uh, 2001, I think, right? 
2000, bro. Great guess. Man. Oh, I was one the, off. Come on. Yeah, you suck. You suck, that's you loser. You, that's how you know I didn't Google or anything. <laughs> I mean, dude, hell of a guess, brother. I might have said 1980 for how low this guy is. but <laughs> No, I mean, that is impressive as all hell, man. He's been through the absolute ringer by the who's who's. And now going up against, yeah, like you said, Waldo Cortez Acosta with a really good record, but it's it's a it's a bit empty. I don't want to, and that maybe is being a little disrespectful here to you know where's Waldo, but I think frankly, uh, Andre Arlovski has a puncher's chance, man. He's that power. I don't care how old you get, you got that dad strength until you die, until you turn into a granddaddy. Then it's well, as long as your as long as your shoulder doesn't give out, you can give him hell, right? So he's still in that dad strength stage. He's not a granddaddy just yet. Um, I like it, man. I mean, it, you never know. I, I think um, at this stage, you know, can he maintain the the tenacity over a fifteen minute fight? Um, what kind of shape is the bigger, maybe a little bit slower uh, opponent here in Waldo going to look like? He's six four, two sixty five, right there on the cusp. Has to probably cut down a little bit, a little bit more of an active striker though. So maybe. Again, I mean, maybe he's just going to kind of pepper, keep Andre at bay and just use that size to just you know, kind of outpoint the savvy veteran. And if he's like any of us here, Waldo, that is, maybe he's looking at a veteran there, someone that you might have grew up watching a little bit or just I've seen in the UFC. And it's like, I don't want to hurt this guy too much here. I'll let him go out on the shield, give him some dignity, <laughs> maybe play with his food a little bit. And then Andre's going to come out the depth and give him a little Warlowski, a little vintage like Robbie Lawler. That's what I'm hoping for. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it, man. One can dream, right? <laughs> One can definitely dream. I would love to see that happen. I think that would be like best case scenario. Uh, he goes out there, he turns back the clock of time or the, the hands of time and just makes it happen. Uh -huh. um, that's, that's definitely an exciting fight. Crazy that it's on the prelims, but I mean, I digress. Moving it's the main card of the prelim. It's the main, the main prelim it's, it's fight. The main if, if, of the prelims, if that's still so. a thing, <laughs> Pre preliminary headliner. There you go. There we go. Um, the speaking of headliners, man, this uh, this opener for the main card, Bill Hawes versus Bruno Fajeda. What a fight! Oh, I mean, boy, this, this is some big, strong boys going at it. That's for damn sure. Uh, Phil Hawes. Still no hype pause is definitely no scrub. Dude fights out of Kill Cliff. He's he's an absolute stud. He's got eight knockout wins, two submission wins, and two decision wins. Um he's fought for Bellator, he's fought for the Contender Series, World Series of Fighting, that's a throwback name, and the UFC. Now, I know his record isn't the greatest thing in the world, 12 and 5, but let's look at who he's fought. Chris Curtis, Andre Petrosky, but that was grappling. Um, Roman Delize, Ikram Aliskarov, Duran Wynn, Kyle Dawkins, Nasruddin Imavov. By the way, he only lost half of those. He won the other half. So the, the guy has fought some who's who motherfuckers. All right. He beat Nasruddin Imavov, beat Kyle Dawkins, and beat Duran Wynn. Ikram Aliskarov, you guys. The dude is a fucking beast. He's a freak. He only has one loss in his entire pro career, and it's against the young man you may have heard of named Kamzat Shamayev, and he just one-shot him in the first round. So maybe he got lucky. You know what I'm saying? 
that's the fight I want to see is Ikram versus Kamzat somewhere down the line. Please him. It'll happen. No, it'll happen. They're on a collision course. hundred percent. Yeah. That dude's a dog. That is a dog. He is, but that's not who we're talking about. We're talking about no hype Hawes coming in against the Hulk. Bruno Fajeda. If you recognize his name, it's probably because of that crazy fucking knockout that he got over Gregory Robocop Rodriguez. It was a short left hook counter. He was rocking with the shots. And bah, just quick, quick knockout. Rocked RoboCop. Basically just short-circuited RoboCop. Uh, sent yep. error messages across the system. Reboot of the program. Yep. Error, error. It was that. Um, system overload. He, he has that kind of power, folks. That's why of his wins, of his 10 wins, seven of them came by way of knockout. The other three are submission. He has never seen a decision in his career. Phil Hawes, however, has seen two. Again, finisher, eight knockouts, two submissions. And when he loses, he typically doesn't lose a decision. He lost one submission and four KOs. So dude's an absolute beast. He's very long in the way that he fights. And I mean, he's very long in this fight. He has a uh, five and a half inch reach advantage, which is pretty freaking huge. So, I mean, in this one, I, I, I mean, I know Bruno's a stud and I know he's really strong. It's also really hard for me to bet against Phil Hawes in this fight, man. Phil Hawes is really, really strong and he's just so much longer than Bruno that I'm worried he's going to overwhelm him with that five, five and a half inch reach advantage and just pepper him up with the jab, keep him at distance across the fight. And then when Bruno tries to rush in haphazardly, he's going to shoot power double legs on him for days. What are your thoughts, Nano? I like that breakdown, brother. I think that's really solid. I just, oh man, I think we're a little bit forking in the road here. That's not bad, right? There's something, nothing to say. I mean, this is a really close fight, ladies and gents. It, it's close to a pick em here in according to Vegas and DraftKings. A little bit of an old-fashioned standoff, y'all. And that's how it feels, right? I mean, both these guys are quick on the draw. They, <laughs> they're they looking to kill. Um, and, and they're savvy vets. I mean, it, they both have some impressive wins in the octagon. Um, but I, I'm just leaning the younger guy here a little bit. I know that's my nature. I know that's kind of our our stick here on the show. It's it's uh, trending to be. But no, man, all things considered, I mean, what, what Bruno did to uh Gregory Rodriguez, a.k.a. Robocop. I mean, that is just embedded in my head. It's crazy. That was about a year ago. I actually remember us covering it on this show, on this pod. You can go back and check the receipts. We broke it down. We talked about it. Um, but since then, I mean, Bruno has, has looked good. That only blemish on his record since was his loss to Nursultan Ruzaboyev, who is coming off the Dana White Contender Series and looks like an absolute world beater. This guy is next level. I mean, I'm talking... I, I was, I mean, comms, that's just because we were talking about him recently, but I'm talking a, a next level talent that is going to be talked about here much often in the UFC this upcoming year. So I don't knock that, uh, for, um, I don't knock that on Bruno in his record, but, uh, I do think again, that he's going to find a way to get the victory against Phil Haas, continue to trend up and hopefully find his way, um, back into contention. Not well. Maybe squeaking his way into that top 15. I think he's a talented kid, man. Looks good. Looks strong. Um, I think I'm a fan of our boy Bruno here, the Hulk. Maybe it's just the nickname. 
But um, yeah, man, both these guys are going to go out swinging and banging. Wouldn't be surprised. I mean, like I said, in that last fight, he, um, my boy Bruno did get knocked out by a heavy hitter. That's exactly what Phil Halls is. So who's going to drop first, right? I guess that's really the question. <laughs> that is the question. So Riley, welcome to the chat. I think this might be a new person in the chat. I appreciate what up, Riley? you. Is Shavkat overrated? Uh, I got to say not at all in my opinion. Uh, and then Riley had a follow-up question. Has he fought good people? Well, I would tell you that Steven Thompson is probably one of the better welterweights in the last 10 years. I would also tell you that Jeff Neal, hands of steel, pretty, pretty darn solid competition on that end. Also, Neil Magny is, even though a lot of people who have just recently started watching mixed martial arts in the last two to three years might think that he's not the best or he's not a great fighter, dude is a great fighter. He's a... one of the better gatekeepers, in my humble opinion, of the division. So the fact that he went out there and got a finish over him, again, really, really solid. And it's it's hard to it's hard to bet against people that are able to get finishes over every single person that they fight. So I would say Shafkat is pretty darn good. Who would I like to see Shafkat fight next? I think he's primed and ready to fight for the belt. I think if he fights for the belt, he takes the belt as well. I think he could definitely become the uh, champion of that division and likely hold it for some time. Uh, I think Shavkat versus Kamza is probably a fight to make while Ikram is working his way up the ladder. Oof. Yeah, I do like that a lot. I, I Yeah, you can do a lot with Shavkat. Rock went off. He put himself right into that conversation. He seems to be capturing um, the global audience. A lot of us MMA fans that maybe you didn't know about him before, you definitely do now. But he's the next in line, right? I mean, you got to give him somebody at the top there. Maybe maybe he does wait, like you mentioned. Maybe he's steps up and, and is um, willing to be the backup. Um, maybe it's the winner of Burns versus Madalena. Um, is Kamaru going to stick around? I guess there are a lot of moving pieces, but one thing is for sure. Nobody is ahead of uh, Shavkat at this point. And yeah, Kamzat Chamayi needs to fight more 100% rally. We need him to fight every weekend. There was one point this guy fought, was it twice in two weeks or something, man? This guy. It was like three times in a month, month and a half. Man, those are the golden days. What Get him back like? in there. Chef's he was really sick, though, recently. I don't know if you follow yeah, him on in, it, uh, social media, did. Riley, but let's uh, hope him for a speedy recovery because he was really sick, battling some... I don't know if you got some sort of bacterial MMA only. Maybe you can help fill me in there, brother. But he definitely got sick. It was really sick, badly sick, um, hospitalized, is still recovering. I don't think he's training just yet. So speed of recovery, the wolf. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what he actually got. I don't know if he posted what he got. He did post pictures, though, of what he looked like. He's all bloated. His eyes are super swollen. Whatever it is, it looks like it took quite a toll on him so i'm hoping for a quick recovery and uh hopefully after that it can get back in camp and then they can figure out who makes the most sense for him to fight next realistically uh moving into the next fight on this card man we got ricky simone coming in against mario bautista i'll be honest with you you said the marcus mcgee fight is like the early pick for fight of the night again my guy we're disagreeing shocker shocker okay um I, I know you're truly, truly shocked. 
by us disagreeing here. I saw you do the eyes. This is a good runner-up, though. I like it. Come Talk on, to me now. This is Talk fight to me of now. the night. Easy. Mario Bautista is an absolute stud. The man goes out there and just throws hands or legs or shoulders, knees, and toes. Um, the guy's an absolute stud, all jokes aside. If he can't get to you with his hands, he's got nasty, nasty good leg kicks. And then he starts going up to the body, working those angles, cutting those angles. I think this guy is an absolute beast. And I think stylistically, they match up very well against each other. 69 inches versus 69 inches. Uh, Even though there's a little bit of a height differential there, you got three inches taller in Mario Bautista, which means he will probably have a slightly longer leg reach and be able to almost get to the opponent, I don't know, a little bit easier with his legs, right? Um, Let's see. Do they have the leg reach? Oh, they do. Yeah. So as, as suspected... One inch leg advantage here on uh, for Mario Batista. I think that might pay dividends, but it's really gonna it's really gonna boil down to this: Will the leg kicks work first, or will the takedowns land first from Ricky Simone? So, if Ricky Simone is able to go out there and just shoot, blast doubles, and get those takedowns in early, it's gonna be a long, long night for Mario Batista. But that being said, I really like Mario Bautista in this fight, especially at plus odds. It's not very often we get Mario Bautista at plus odds. And the guy is an absolute stud. He's a fighter's fighter. He has, again, three wins by knockout, six wins by submission. So if he's not able to uh, to hurt this guy on the feet, I don't know. Maybe he'll just go out there and grind him to a decision, or maybe he'll just get a rear naked choke the way he did over Guido Canetti, or I don't know, an arm bar like he did over Benito Lopez or a rear naked choke the way he did over Brian Kelleher. I don't know, dude, but I can tell you this. He's got a win over Damon Blackshear. And I think that's one of the scarier submission artists after seeing him do the twister. So I just, I, I think maybe the odds makers got the line on this one a little bit wrong. Maybe they think Ricky Simone is more durable and stronger than than I'm giving him credit for. But I think the MMA lab and Mario Bautista are going to take home a win on a Saturday night. What do you think, Nano? Ooh, you're going with Bautista, the underdog? My boy? Damn, I think we might be agreeing here. I love it, man. That's exciting to hear. I, and, man usually I'm, I'm going into most of these fights y'all and I, I got my notes and I got my opinions, but this is one I was kind of leaving a little open. I wanted to hear your thoughts on it because I'm torn, man. This is, this is a great fight. Ladies and gents definitely is a banger in all over it. But the reason why is because this is two high level fighters here in the division. Ricky Simon is ranked is I believe it's 13th. I just had it up here. Yes. Yeah, 13th. Um, so this has ramifications, right? Mario Batista trying to crack that top 15, has been around the block for a long time, y'all. Let's uh, let me remind you that Mario Batista fought Corey Sandhagen. This is my boy now. I, I'm gonna keep bringing him up now, but um, he fought him back in 2019. He did lose via armbar. Since then, Mario Batista another TKO loss. But other than that, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight wins in a row. Or, well, eight wins, five in a row. And that Demond Blackshear fight was definitely a banger. He looked to be in trouble at uh, in trouble at times. I mean, Demon Blackshear is just an absolute savage. He did just fight like the week before, 
I, there's a lot to that. I mean, it was a last minute change. So all things considered, I give Mario all the props for taking that. And he's the local guy here, fights out of Phoenix, um, which shout out Waldo as well. I didn't realize he was fighting out of Phoenix. I should have shot him out uh, earlier. But Mario Batista, man, I mean, he's a dog. He has all the skills, very well-rounded. This is going to be by far one of the toughest challenges in his career and the, and can make the biggest statement. And although he's fought some big name fighters, why I say it's the biggest fight for him is because Ricky Simon, man, at this stage in his career, just looks absolutely phenomenal, man. I mean, this guy's always been the epitome of gas tank. Yes, Dan O.I. did announce something. If you want to double check real quick, there was one fight, maybe more, that he announced. Um, but I'm going to finish up my rant here so we... Breaking news, Dana White has just recently announced during this stream that Zhang Wiley will face Yan Xiaonan at UFC 300, the first ever Chinese versus Chinese title fight in UFC history. Holy guacamole, Batman. Uh, I mean... All the fucking air horns, man. I'm stoked on this fight. And honestly, unpopular opinion, I can't wait for the lines to come out. So I can I can hammer a little bit on Yan Xiaonan. Hell yeah. Let's go. I, I, I may or may not think that Yan Xiaonan gets you to do it. Oh, man. That's, ooh. I'm going to have to break that one down a little bit more. That's too late for me to say. I'm a big fan of Wei Li Zhang. She's an absolute beast. But what Yan Xiaonan did to my girl Jessica Andraj, oof, it's hard <laughs> I gotta reconsider some things. I gotta re. I gotta look at the drum board here. Oh man, man. Just like I need to rethink my decisions in life. <laughs> it's too. It's worth a thought. It's worth a thought. That's Thank exciting, you to Riley man. In the chat for queuing us in on the three hundred announcement. Appreciate that. Yeah, facts, man. He's probably out and about scavenging the depths of YouTube's and like, where are they? someone's got to be talking about it. Well, now we're talking about it. Much now appreciated, we're brother. About it, folks, great to have you around, man. Come by more often. Drop a like. Hit the subscribe. Um, but yeah, man, great call. Let us know your thoughts on that fight, right? What do you think, man? Who's going to win? What are your initial thoughts on UFC 300? Cer certainly seems to be shaping out to be a banger of a card, y'all. And this is just another extra icing on the cake. Well, these are some extra sprinkles here. Can't go wrong. Absolute banger. And speaking of bangers, folks, we got Jim fucking Miller fighting on this card. Sheesh. Jim Miller fighting on Saturday's card. And I mean, he's fighting against Gabriel Benitez, the guy who like blew up his leg in a fight and kept fighting. It was disgusting. Um, Gabriel Benitez, guy who fights out of AKA. You know, I ride very, very hard for my AKA guys. But I also ride pretty fucking hard for Jim Miller, folks. I really like Jim Miller. And I mean, this is, uh, this is a tough one. It's a tough one to go against Jim Miller in. He's the betting favorite in Vegas for a reason here. I think I'm going to ride with my guy, Jim Miller. Um, there are reasons for this, right? I like Jim Miller. I've I've watched him fight for a very long time. The guy's 36 and 17, which doing some quick math, carry the one, hold the two. That means he's got a shit ton of fights, folks. 
Um, Gabriel Benitez standing across from him is 23 and 10, though. So he's also got quite a bit of fights under his belt. But I don't know if Mowgli bit off more than he can chew in this fight against Jim Miller because Jim Miller is an absolute finisher. I think he's, to be honest, unlike anything that Gabriel Benitez has seen. Like To put it into perspective, Gabriel Benitez's last couple of wins are over Charlie Antiveros and Justin James. Nothing against those guys. Last losses are against Billy Cortillo and David Onama. I love Billy Cortillo. He's fantastic. One of the favorite, one of my favorite people that I follow on Twitter. David Onama, his stock goes up and down. Um, what I'm saying is Benitez is finishable. And he's finishable by lesser talent than Jim A10 Miller. I think Jim Miller has too many tools and too many skills to go out there and lose this fight. He has that one wonky loss to Alexander Hernandez. Just weird. I don't understand how Hernandez beats the people he beats. Um, But I I just don't think that he has the gas tank of the other people that have been able to grind him out to a decision. And I truly think Jim Miller's not only going to put it on him, but he's going to put it on him and get a finish. I think he'll likely end up getting a knockout finish in the very first round or a submission finish in the second round. You heard it here first, folks. Sheesh. Hey man, I mean that's not that's not a bad not a bad bet. And you know something interesting too with uh Gabriel Benitez, his last four fights have all ended in a finish, a TKO or KO. He's been on the winning side of those half the time, so it's two and two that is. Um but if you keep that streak going, I like that. I like the sounds of it, right? I think more often than not, it's going to be a finish, and he might be on the wrong side of it here, especially if a Jim Miller is in front of him. That's, uh, I think there was a hot take I saw today that uh, Anthony Smith thinks that Jim Miller could take Brock Lesnar in a fight. Yeah, he said 50-50. 50-50. So you're saying there's a chance. They asked, they asked Jim Miller about that in the media day today. What did he say? Did you see it? I didn't get a chance to see uh, that one. They, they, they were like, have you seen the uh, Anthony Smith interview? And he's like, yeah. He's like, or the, the podcast where he's like saying that you're, you have a 50-50 shot at beating Brock Lesnar. And how do you feel about that? And he's like, yeah, I've seen it. And they're like, how do you feel about that? And he's like, well, yeah, I agree. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Not wrong. I, see, I don't see no. no class, <laughs> yeah. I don't see any uh, false statements there. <laughs> what a stud. What a yeah, how do you not want to bet? How do you how do you bet against that, right? I mean, I gotta go for Jim Miller. It's the boy. It's the you boy. Gotta go for Jimmy. Jimmy Miller here. Jimmy. Um, Jimmy, my guy. Uh, speaking of my guy, Mateos Nicolau. He's he's the guy, and he's coming in here against another guy. That's the guy, Manel Cap. Uh, I'll let you take the lead on this one because I'm curious to see how you think it goes. Um, obviously, Manel Cap. Is uh is, is an interesting matchup for Mateos Nicolau, but again, he really, I'll let yeah. you take the lead on it. I appreciate it, brother. No, and that's a great cue in there. He really is. He's an interesting matchup. It's an intriguing matchup, and these are two high level fighters with a lot at stake, ladies and gents. I mean, these guys are both cl- trying to climb the ranks, and they're really bottleneck against each other here. Who's gonna be able to break through and make themselves the obvious choice to get that next title contention fight? Uh, there's a, there's a lot of moving pieces, right? I mean, hey, Brandon Roy Val just lost. Alex Alexander Pantoja needs another dance partner at some point. We got Moreno and Emil Albazi fighting. So how do you make yourself the the next obvious guy? Well, you get a, a good win over a tough opponent. 
and both of these guys going into it. It's interesting. Like when you look on paper are like really, really similar. I mean, 31 uh, and Matias Nikolai, 30 for Manel Kopp. Uh, Matias 19, 4 and 1. Uh, Manel Kopp 19 and 6. 5, 6, 5, 5. 66 entry, 68. Uh, averages three strikes a match, average, ag- averages five. I mean, it's like so many similarities. Like these guys are, uh, and both, hey, like I said, both trying to climb to the top. So, all things considered, um, with Matias, I mean, five KOs, five subs. Man- Manel Cop, 11 KOs, five subs. And the big thing here, you mentioned the word interesting. That's that's Manel Cop, man. He's just an interesting guy. He's polarizing, definitely that. Um, if you watch all of his highlights from any organization he's ever fought with, anything he's ever done, it's to try to get under your skin, whether it's in the press conference, whether it's in the actual octagon. I mean, going nose to nose with his opponents, go kissing an opponent um yeah i see it you can watch you can find it on the youtubes um but just it's it he does it's he plays the mental warfare game right and, and maybe that's his way of channeling that 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 extra gear right that um that instinctual like you know prehistoric kind of feeling right the ability to go in there and be a gladiator maybe that's what he needs to get that edge Either way, it's polarizing, but the dude's an interesting fighter. He's got a little bit of that look-see-do, right? Patented by the famous Sean Jones or Prime Anderson Silva or a fighter or a Wonder Boy Thompson or guys that go out and, and throw strikes that you may, never, may have never seen before. Um, strikes that are going, that have one intention and, and they're to hurt you. Um, but he's a fun fighter, very flashy. I don't know, man. With Mateus Nikolai, he's been training with uh, Cody Garbrandt. He's got a good team are surrounding him and, and frankly it's just hard for me to root for a manel cop i know he's talented as all hell he'll put butts in seats maybe for the wrong reasons but i'm not gonna root for the villain here and and, and in terms of stylistically i mean mateus nikolai man i mean he can get hurt he's been knocked out before but i'm gonna leave that to the side and i'm just gonna assume that we're gonna see the best version of him and i think he's gonna find a path to victory here i think he's gonna get manel cop off his game Take away some of you know his, the distance and, and the things he likes to do in those matchups. Which again, if you give him, if you give Manel Cop enough real estate, the ability to maneuver and and strike at will, I mean, he's gonna he's gonna tear you apart, right? If, you, if you're sparring in there with him, if you don't have that extra intention to get him down, to be thoughtful, to stick that game plan, he's gonna pick you apart. But I think Mateus can get that done. I think he has the ability to stick to a good game plan. He's well-rounded, five subs, five KOs. I think he's going to find a way to get him out of there. Love to see him choke him out, maybe choke him unconscious just so he can and a little extra in there. That's a little too spiteful. I don't want to be that. I mean, Manel Cop's a fun fighter. I love watching him. I'm, I think I'm partially a fan. Just don't love some of the extra antics. But it's going to be a banger. It's a co-main event for a reason. Next guy is, is making himself potentially that number one contender or two. He's right there at the top. So this is a fun one, y'all. What are your thoughts, brother? Well, I'm really, really glad you didn't go over what what I had written down here. Um, I, I dug a little bit deeper in the archives for this one, and I, I got to point out the elephant in the room here. Something that maybe maybe a lot of people haven't noticed, and that is the fact that these two folks actually already fought each other March 13th, of 2021. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Really did any research. <laughs> and uh, Mateos Nicolau, he he edged that one out. 
You see, he got 76 out of 132 strikes landed. That's a 57.6% clip. Over 73 out of 165 thrown landed, which is a 44% clip from an El Cop. Um, now, what really sealed the deal for me, though, was the fact that he got two out of nine takedowns. He was willing to shoot almost double-digit takedowns to secure those two. And he also threw in a submission attempt while he was on top. So I think history is probably going to repeat itself. And I don't know. Don't feel bad that you didn't go over it because I don't think Vegas went that far back in the archives either. They got him at plus odds. That's why I added him to my big parlay, folks. I think Mateo Nicolau is going to definitely get this one done. He is the uh, stronger guy, in my opinion, and he's definitely the smarter fighter. I feel like Manel Cop, as you said, is uh, a bit polarizing, not only inside of the octagon, but outside of the octagon. Uh, or I should say not only outside of the octagon, but inside of the octagon, right? He's going to try and talk and yap at you and poke and prod. But when you do that, you also leave yourself a little open, right? Um, so, yeah, I, I think people are discrediting Mateos Nicolau since he's coming off of that loss to Brandon Royval, but that's okay. You know, like Manel cop came off of a loss to Alessandra Pantoja. That's when he lost to Mateos Nicolau last time. Right now he's coming off of a win. So if, if that's how it works, by all rights, put your money on Manel cop. I just wouldn't run to the banks with that bet myself. I think Mateos Nicolau has definitely got more than meet these meets the eye. We saw that in the Matt Schnell fight. I love Matt Schnell. And this guy put him away in two rounds. Um, David Dvorak, Tim Elliott is probably one of the more exciting ones. And he got that Tim Elliott win right after he got the decision win over Manel Cop. The only difference in this rematch is I don't think it's going to be a split decision. I think it'll be a unanimous one this time. Ooh, I like that, brother. I like that. Honestly, yeah, if I would have seen that, I probably would have doubled down on my boy, Mateus. But it was a split decision. Yeah, it seems to be a close fight. I'll have to rewatch it. But um, it's different fighters now, man. Two years later. Different stakes. A lot has happened. Um, this is going to be a fun one, y'all. And I wonder if they did this on purpose, right? This is the main event and co-main event are the second bouts between the, both of the fighters. So it's the double two uh, kind of little scenario here. I definitely feel like they did that on purpose. Double, double. Double, oh, yeah. double down. It's a double, double down. Uh, I'm excited about it. And speaking of exciting things, Mago Ben versus Johnny Walker. Uh, our guy, our guy, Leo Leach, that's usually in the chat here lately. He is, uh, really high on Johnny Walker. I know he's got Johnny Walker in this one. Uh, I can honestly tell you, Johnny Walker did not make the cut for my, uh, big parlay. Would have been hard to put him on there for money line. Considering Magomed Akalaev is on there at money line. Uh, that would have been interesting. I don't know if, if how that would have worked for me. having both guys from the fight. <laughs> so, uh, bad jokes aside. I have Magomed Ankalaev in this one, obviously. And there are main there are reasons for that, right? I feel like he was doing a really solid job the last time these two fought before he ended up throwing the illegal knee. Not sure why he did that. Um Johnny Walker did look good though in that fight. So it's it's kind of scary to take Magomed Ankalaev in this fight, if I'm being honest with you. Johnny Walker's a bit of a wild card. He's a scary, scary guy to bet on. He's a scarier guy to bet against because he can be the one guy that just messes up your entire parlay. So, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I think I might actually just end up removing him from my big boy parlay right now and just stick with five picks. I think that might be the play. 
Um, but Leo was really high on him. And uh, I like the kid's enthusiasm. I might throw like a half unit or one unit down on Johnny Walker for funsies because he can get it done. He's unpredictable. He's got explosive power in those flying knees. And honestly, even like a spinning back wheel kick, he just brings it out of nowhere. Dude pulls attacks out of his ass. And Mago Badanka Live, um, you know, he, he can be beat. We just, like, have we seen it? I don't think we've seen it. I mean, Paul Craig got him in a submission, but it feels like a lifetime ago back in 2018. It yeah, is his first was- UFC fight. Yep, and, and that was like I think I'm pretty sure it was like a last minute thing. Like it literally might have been the last seconds of the round and or fight, but it was something where Paul Craig threw up a hail mary full course shot and made it. Where just what are you gonna do? Um, he was rocked. Yeah, no, he was getting pummeled. And yeah, I I mean to your point, yeah, we really haven't seen Magomed lose at all, right? I mean he's 17 and one. Uh, nine KOs under his belt, and literally that was in 2018 that Paul Craig lost. So that's what, how many years? What, I don't know, five years now. Well, actually, excuse me, six, depending on the timeline. We are in January of 2024, so we're talking about six years. The dude hasn't lost. Granted, he does have that no contest and a draw, which you know on paper certainly looks better than the loss. But like you mentioned, one of those no contests is against Johnny Walker who, here, who we're running it back against. Who I, I or I mean, in which case you can argue. I felt like he was probably winning that fight it felt like the momentum and just the eyeball test and like you said outside of that one illegal strike it felt like magomed was gonna find his way to a victory and i think that's when I, what's gonna happen here again i mean stylistically johnny walker's a fun fighter someone that we've always been a fan of we've talked about for a long time who has all the makings and the skills to be a champion at one day at one stage in his career no better time than now. I mean, unfortunately, though, he's going up against a Mago Medan who's equally as talented, not as flashy, but for the better. I mean, this dude's smart. He does not make a lot of mistakes. And again, like even that no contest, like to, the only thing that kept him from that title was a weird fight, a weird decision, but ultimately a really tough opponent, Jan Blachowicz, who has next level power i mean the polish power is no joke he was an ex-champion he beat israel adesanya like this guy's no joke right so i i think it's easy to forget or overlook like how badass of a human being jan blahovich was and he took him as as far as you could was it you know a flashy fight of the year no but you know they all can't be um and unfortunately, Dana was in his fields afterwards. It's like you, get, you run it back or you know crown someone. I don't know. Everything around that was weird, but um, yeah, it just feels like Magomed's certainly in that like short list of elite potential title um, holders in this division. He's a guy. He's a blue chip talent. This guy's a limit. I mean, we'll see how this year pans out. Like, I mean, we always talk about timing. We always talk about health. But if he goes out there and he makes it a, a definitive win, it's hard not to put him right there in the conversation, right? I mean, we have Yuri versus uh, Rokic at UFC 300 as well. So we'll certainly be keeping an eye there. What's that? What's the champ going to do? Is he going to fight Jamal at some point? Is he going to wait for him? Or is Amago Med in the conversation? He's going to hold all of his tape moving forward. So that's exciting. Yeah, I think Amago Med will definitely hold some of that tape moving forward. And that's probably why I have him on my list. 
of nice. uh, people nice. that I think are going to end up holding the belt at the end of 2024. You know, for the bets we made yesterday. Good one. That's a good one. It's a it's a pretty solid one, folks. Uh, it is a pretty solid one. So um, that's it. Those are all the fights. I obviously have Magomed Ankalaev in this one. I will sprinkle a tiny, tiny little bit on Johnny Walker just for funsies. Um, but without further ado, my parlay, my main parlay here for the night is a five-pick parlay. I have Jim Miller money line at minus 135. Um, Joshua Van, obviously, minus 258. Tom Nolan, obviously, minus 345. I got Marcus McGee minus 258 on this bad boy. And now here's where it gets a little fun and honestly a little bit sticky here. Got Mateos Nicolau at plus 225 to round us out. That brings the odds up to 1,305 plus 1,305. So that means one unit will net you 14 units. Obviously, two gets you 28. What are we going to do? We're going to put four on it to get 56 units. Um, Honestly, if and when that hits, it's going to be a really, really solid payout. I'm excited about it. Um, We're going to get these bets placed tonight. So that way uh, we're, we're good to go on these. Nano, did you have any, any bets or anything that you're, you're feeling lucky on this week? Man, I don't have any parlays as of now, but as we were talking through them, I mean, I'll, I'll quickly like look down who I feel like are some of those safe bets. I mean, I really do like chasing the Joshua Van Tom Nolan. I think at a minimum, that's a good two lay parlay to, to chase. Maybe even we we'll just stay there. If you're going to sprinkle any other money elsewhere, I do like Farid Basharat. I know you mentioned you might not love that one, but I, I do like him. Um, Semmelsberger is another fun pick for me, and I think has a, a good path to victory. A lot of, I mean, some of these other ones are close, man. I may stay away from some of them, but um, and Magomed as well. I maybe I'd throw in there. Maybe I'd piece together a Magomed, um, a Marcus McGee, just because that's my boy, and maybe a Basharat or a Semmelsberger as well. These are some of the the hot takes. Maybe I'm again piecing it together here as we're talking, but those are some of the picks I think I would take straight up. Yeah, outside of that two leg parlay, I'm not mad at that. Yeah, I think so, the two leg parlay, the the D baby billionaire one, is probably the big one to chase. Um, mm-hmm. Just again, being honest with that one. But aside from that, you got me thinking. What if I add Matthew Simmelsberger to my little parlay here at minus one thirty? That six leg parlay gets me at uh, plus two thousand three hundred eighty five odds. So four units would pay out ninety nine units. Um, it's not bad. It's really not bad. I think I'm gonna stick with the original one though, um, and then maybe just for funsies. We throw like one and a half units or something on this this uh, extra big parlay. Nice, just for fun, guys. We're not going to start do it the like year this off with a bang. Week. We're just trying to start the year off with a bang here. Again, the way these bets are shaped, a lot of them are foolproof, and, and realistically, as long as 
the two leg hits, it pays for the rest of them. Um, when the second one hits, that's only like a three legger. We're set. We're set for the rest of these, and we're already playing with less money for the rest of like at least February. And that's the way the cookie crumbles, you know. As long as you do it right, you do it smart. You're raking. Damn right. God damn right. That logically, y'all. Do do your research. That's what we do here. We spend the time. We we uh prepare. We get our notes together. We watch these fighters, and we've been doing this. I mean, not only just as fans, like aside from the podcast, but since I myself have been doing the podcast, which is I mean, we're going on two years straight now and some change. It's like, yeah, I think um think it's uh it's worth taking the extra time to to look at these extra things you know what are some trends you know what fighters are doing good or bad what are some of the likelihoods you know some of these guys that are 100 finish rates it's like you gotta look at where some of these numbers are and and sometimes you want to listen to vegas but hey you you saw tonight sometimes you don't want to right sometimes DraftKings, or it's even fun to to play the field right maybe you have that safe joshua van tom nolan you know that's in the bank you turn one unit in two, then you divide and conquer, right? Take a little mini unit, maybe a half a unit, you sprinkle it here, you sprinkle it on this, you get a car, you get a car, uh, but that's the beauty and, and fun with it, right? You, you, you play safe and then you, you spread the wealth a little bit and uh, keep it interesting, but you do it responsibly as well. Don't forget that part. Always Even if it's just for fun, right? Sometimes if, if you're not willing to put out the money, maybe just keep track, maybe to yourself, do little tabs or with your friends. I mean, one of our my favorite things here as an in, in, uh, entry-level way to get um, familiar or to get participating is to do the DraftKings uh, best, what is it called? The, the lineups on DraftKings, like a, a yep. best ball almost or a, a best fighter. Uh, you, you basically pick your top seven or six, I believe, uh, from the fight card. You get a budget. All fighters are, are priced differently. And you can have one, five, 20 people, as many as you want. Um, you can be for $1, be for $100. Again, do it responsibly. But a fun way to get you and your crew or people in your family or in your um, work group or any group involved. So take notes, y'all. Make it happen. And then report Absolutely. back to us. Let us know how it goes. Absolutely. And the best thing about it is, you know, if, if you uh, make your picks and you fail you'll probably get better next time you do it and oh, you'll yeah. do a little bit more research you know it's like the age-old saying uh failing to prepare is preparing to fail oh nice i thought you were gonna bust out in this song if at first you don't succeed does this self and try, try it again, again. <laughs> you can piss it up and try it again been a long again. time should have let you let you down a go beat step two step two <laughs> Oh, bang. That's a that's a great song. That's, oh, that's a, a great, great song. Great I might song. throw it on after this as I start cleaning the house. You, me. Oh, you know. I already know, dude. I know the Is that vibes. Destiny's Child? I got I got vibes. Uh if at first you don't succeed. That was Aaliyah. Oh, Aaliyah. Damn, I got the more respect. R.I.P. Try again. Aaliyah. R.I.P. Check it out, y'all. Rest in peace, Aaliyah. Um, dude. No, seriously, though, like that's that's a banger song. This is a banger card to start the year. And rest that's in peace, DraftKings. 
Yeah, because we're about to take him. We're about to take him to the bank, y'all. We're taking their money. Let's go. Oh, man. And then after this, guys, I know it felt like forever. And it, it, it was forever. Let's be honest. But they made us wait this long because after this week, we get UFC 297, folks. Sean Strickland versus DDP, not in a crowd, inside of the cage. Raquel Pennington versus Mayra Bueno Silva. Neil Magny versus Mike Malo or Mike Malot. Um, Chris Curtis, the action man, coming in against Mark Andro Berriot. And we got Arnold Allen coming in against Movzar Evloev. Two people that nobody want to fight. They're fighting each other, folks. Rakatona versus Garrett Armfield. Charles Air Jordan coming in against Shad, the weirdest shaped man in the world, Woodson. Um, seriously, I've, I've watched this guy fight twice at my fiance's sister's house. And uh, both times she's like, he is shaped so odd. Um, and he really is. But my God, dude has the, the prime shape for Muay Thai. I'll tell you that. Um, and then, of course, Jillian Robertson. Coming in against Pollyanna Viana. I'm super stoked for that fight. I think it's going to be a really, really fun fight. Jasmine Jazdavidius coming in against apparently nobody. If you look it up on Google, they don't even have a name for this poor girl. But I'm excited for that fight anyways because Jasmine puts it on. And I I mean, (laughs) come on, guys. Like I'm stoked about these fights. Even though we did have some cancellations, you know, Jan Blakowicz versus Alexander Rakic. That would have been a banger. Dominic Reyes versus Carlos Oberg. That would have been a banger. I'm looking forward to the rise of Dominic Reyes again. Um, and I, I'm just looking forward to the fights coming back. Obviously, you can tell I'm very excited, folks. Hell uh, yeah. Hell yeah. But that's it. That's all of our bets. That's all of our picks. We've gone through the entirety of the card. Uh, we're not going to take up all night for you folks, but we appreciate you spending the last hour and a half or so with us. And as always, if you're new here or if you're a returning uh, folk person, fight fan of all shapes and sizes, we'd really appreciate it if you like, comment, subscribe, smash that bell for notifications right after the video wraps. Please leave a comment on there. It really, really helps with the traction for the channel. And we're always trying to grow the channel. So that way there is more of you beautiful people here listening to us, watching us and just joining us with your uh, thoughts, comments, concerns and MMA takes here in the chat. So, as always, it has been a pleasure spending the evening with you all. We look forward to breaking down our reactions to these fights next week. And as we like to say here on the MMA Anomaly Show, no filter, keep on going, keep on growing. You've been listening to the MMA Anomaly Show, no filter. As you may have been able to tell, we dig the MMA, and our passion is to dive deep into the upcoming fights, give you our expert breakdowns, and help you make sense of all the chaos that is the fight game. We hope you've enjoyed the show. If you did, make sure to like, rate, and review. We'll be back soon, but in the meantime, make sure to find us on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch at MMAnomaly. Be cool, and we'll see you next time.